Thanks for joining us today. We love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking on the giving link located in the description below this video, online at fellowshipgj.com, or if you are a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through your Fellowship profile on the Church Center app. This will help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy today's message. How are we doing this morning? How are we doing this morning? Yes! How many of you know God's here to fight your battle? No matter what you're going through, no matter what circumstance you're going through, God is here to fight your battle. All you got to do is pray. All you got to do is call upon the name of the Lord, and he's right there fighting your battle for you. Amen? Come on and raise your hands right now to heaven. Come on. Yes! We worship you, Jesus!
church, are you not thankful that we have a God who fights his battles for you? So much we don't have to worry about because we know the one who's in control and we are thankful for that today. So let's give him a shout of praise that he deserves in this place today. We thank you, God. We thank you in Jesus' name. Thank you. Well, good morning, church. Morning. Thank you so much for joining with us today. Thank you for joining with us online or watching from wherever you are uh, and whenever you're watching. We just hope and pray that today will be a wonderful uh, day where God speaks to you today. Now, uh, today's a pretty special Sunday. We're doing something that uh, we get to do around here every once in a while. We're going to be doing a baby dedication service uh, during this service. It's always such a special time. So I want to go ahead and ask everyone who's down here front, you don't have to leave, but if you'll just take a step back. Uh, I'm going to ask every uh, family that is here to dedicate a baby. You've already met with your prayer counselor this morning. Go ahead and come down with your prayer counselor and spread out across the front here. And uh, during this next worship song, uh, what we are going to be doing, it, th this is a very special time for families because what we're going to be doing is we're going to be praying over these children. And what a baby dedication service is, more than anything, it's a commitment that, that parents are making and it's a commitment that we're making as a church. Uh, parents are committing uh, during a baby dedication service. They're saying, you know, what we're committing to is we're committing to raising our children in God's house. And we're gonna raise our children the way that God wants them to be raised. Because we recognize that, that their children are a gift from God. And, um, we have a responsibility to, to raise them the way that, that he wants them to be raised. So these parents have made the commitment. And then what we're doing on our side of it, Fellowship Church side of it, is we, every one of us in this room, are making the commitment to pray for this generation, to, to, to serve for this generation, to love on this generation. In the good times and the bad times, and the and the easy seasons and the difficult seasons, we're saying we're gonna we're gonna love on these kids and we're gonna help teach them and, and grow them. So uh, what we're gonna do, and and I want to make very clear because sometimes this does get a little bit confusing. Uh, this is not salvation. Uh, th this is our prayer for these children. But there's gonna come a time, and there's gonna come an age where these children on their own recognize that they need a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and they need to make the commitment to follow him and they're going to ask for forgiveness and, and accept the fact that Jesus died on the cross for their sins. That's a separate thing. That's a different thing and that's one of the things that we're praying for is that that would come soon uh, in, in each and every one of these children's lives that they would have a great understanding that they have a God who loves them and, uh, and, and, and has made a way for them. Uh, so what we're going to do is uh, these families are going to be uh, praying together and taking pictures together. And let me just tell you, uh, grandparents, um, if anyone gets in the way of you trying to take a picture, just like you can kick them right, like, right in the shin in the most godly way possible. Like, like we're in church after all, so like don't, like don't, don't kick them and cuss at them. Just, like, just, just kick them. Or something, move, move, because grandparents have no rules on Baby Dedication Sunday. So, we're, 
we're going to take this time and we're going to worship our God together. And these families are going to be prayed over. And then I'm going to come back up. So families, before, before you leave and go back to your seats, don't leave until I come back up because we're going to pray corporately uh, over each of these families as well. But um, let's just continue worshiping our God as we take this time to thank God for these wonderful children, these gifts that he's given to us.
families are still being prayed over, but now what I want to ask is that all of us as of a church and all of you uh, listening online, if you would just like reach your hands out towards these families as we pray for them right now, and we are going to pray this blessing over them. So, Heavenly Father, we come before you and we thank you, God, for the wonderful gift and privilege to be able to be a part of these children's lives. God, it's our prayer right now that you would bless them and that you would keep them and that you would make your face shine upon them. And we pray that you would bless them, each and every one of our families, each and every family represented down here front, that you would bless them to a thousand generations, God, that that these are your, your children, these are your kids. And God, we pray that generational blessings would flow down, that any generational curses would would be broken and severed by the blood of Jesus in Jesus' name. And we pray that instead every promise that you have for us, God, would flow down through these children and through their children and their children's children, and that, God, there would be a legacy of believers, God, a legacy of people in a world that is changing so drastically that that even through these children there there would be a light your light shining through them in such a way where the world would recognize there's something different about these kids and God we pray right now in Jesus's name that um, you would help the parents that you would give wisdom God you tell us if we ask for wisdom you will you, you won't be upset with us for asking you you'll give us the wisdom we need so as parents Give us the wisdom to train them the way that you want us to train them, to teach them about you and your love. And as a church, God, we pray that you would empower us and and, and, and fill us, God, with your spirit in order to be able to teach them and, and affect them and their friends so that, God, it, it's not just these kids, but everyone that comes in contact with them, God, would experience the fact that, that, that there is a God who loves them and the, the God who loves them's name is Jesus. So Heavenly Father, we thank you and we pray and we declare this blessing over these children and over our own children and over our own lives that God, you would, you would bless us and you would keep us and may your favor be upon us for thousands of generations and that God, you would keep looking at us, keep smiling at us because we are your kids and as much as we can understand how we love our kids, we can't even come to comprehend how much you love us and love our kids. So we thank you God and we praise you and we love you and it's in Jesus name we pray. Amen. Let's continue singing this song and we're going to sing this declaration that is in God's word over our own lives and over these families right now.
aren't you thankful for everything that our God has done for us? He is so good to us, so good to us. I want to encourage you, go ahead and turn to the person next to you and tell them, I might not look like it. Go ahead, she say it. I might not look like it, but I am blessed. I want to encourage you to show yourselves friendly, meet a couple people around you, and then find your way back to your seats as we get ready to continue in the service. I want to encourage all of you that are watching at home, if this is a blessing to you, if you are a... Uh, being touched by this service in any way, I want to encourage you to share this with other people. Click that link uh, uh, at the bottom of your screen where you can share this on your social media or email it to a friend. Call up your mom right now and uh, have them uh, watch this along with you. But uh, as we continue in the service, I believe God is going to continue to move in our lives and bless us on that same note. I know that there are many of you that are joining with us. Maybe for the first time, you might consider yourself a guest or a visitor here at Fellowship Church. We want to welcome you here. Thank you so much for coming out and worshiping God with us today. You are, you are welcome here. We are so glad that you're here. If you are visiting with us, uh, text the word fellowship to 94000. That's the word fellowship to 94000. And we can get you some more information about our church, uh, help you understand a little bit more about who we are, why we're doing what we're doing and uh, answer any questions that you might have. We'd love the opportunity to be able to get to talk to you and, uh, and just meet with you in that way. So uh, if you're here in this room, you can, you can either text uh, or you can stop by our information booth after this service is over. Tell us that you're visiting with us and we'll get you any information that you may need um, uh, or want. We also have guest receptions that take place on a regular basis. So if you want to get to meet the staff, and um, uh, in different volunteers here at our church and get tours of the facilities and stuff. It's a great way uh, to take a first step in getting connected here at Fellowship Church. So thank you so much for being with us today. We're going to continue worshiping God with giving him our tithes and our offerings. And we know that our God is faithful. And um, one, of the, one of the ways that we uh, show him our trust and the fact that we recognize he's faithful is that we, we obey him in giving back to him. He asked for that first 10%. It's found in the book of Malachi uh, where he said he, he wants us to bring the first 10% to him. And, and why, why that? Because we know God doesn't need our money. Why? Because he, we, he wants to see our hearts and he wants to, 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 to show us to show in a very tangible way that we're putting our trust not in our money, not in an economic system, not in our country, but we're putting our trust in him to take care of us. And, and we know he's faithful. So there are many different ways you can give. Um, the easiest way is the uh, church app. If you go to church, our church center app, you can give uh, there. You can also text the number on the side screens uh, to give uh, right there. Uh, you can drop your offering in the drop boxes that we have uh, in the lobby uh, before you leave today, or you can mail them in. You can also give online at uh, fellowshipgj.com. Uh, but those are all different, very simple ways that you can give, and I do uh, want to encourage you that uh, when we give, uh, it, it's not like God needs stuff from us, but he's giving us opportunities to be set up to be blessed even more. And I want to pray that over you today, uh, that we would receive everything he wants for, uh, from us. And sometimes he needs to get us into the right spot. 
so that we can handle the blessings he wants to put on us. And this is one of those instances is that he wants to get our hearts in the right spot of trusting him uh, so that he can pour out the blessings on us so we have the foundation to be able to carry those blessings because he's not gonna give you something that's gonna crush you. He wants, he wants to give you a lot, but he doesn't want it to take you out. So um, uh, let me pray for you right now. Heavenly Father, as we get ready to give, we acknowledge that you are the one that takes care of us, that you are the one we put our hope in and our trust in. And we're not trusting in our bank accounts. We know that money comes and goes. We're not trusting in our government. We know that people's minds are fickle and they change all the time. We're not trusting in anything like that. We're trusting in you. You are the solid rock that we stand on. And if you say to give, we're going to give. And we're going to give with a good heart and a good attitude because we recognize you're setting us up for blessings. So God, I pray for blessings for each and every person in here. There's people in this room that need financial breakthrough right now. And we ask for that in Jesus' name. Um, God, I pray that you would, would give us resources that we could sow back into your kingdom and use for more and more goodness. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said... Amen, amen. Before we move on uh, to our announcement video, we have a couple things that I just need to share with you very quickly. Uh, before you leave today, we need skilled construction laborers. So if you have a, uh, a skill when it comes to any area of construction, we would love to talk to you after this service is over and have you sign up for us in an area where you can volunteer because we have something very special that is taking place in our children's uh, ministry that uh, we're not ready to announce exactly what that is yet, but um, uh, we need people to, that are going to be able to help us get this done. In the meantime, what that means is for all of you that have your kids in kids' church right now, not, not our nurseries, but in kids' church for, uh, for the next probably about month, for the, the, the time coming up, uh, in the Sundays to come, we're going to have you drop your kids off in 4640 as opposed to kids' church while we have a project that is taking place. Now, uh, I know some of you moms, you're like, ah, there's big elements in there and stuff like that. Don't worry about that. We're not going and we're not going to hang your kids from the rafters or do any of that. The elements will be uh, uh, closed, but we are going to be doing Kids Church in 4640 over the next couple weeks. So just be aware of that as you come for the check-in process uh, for this next month. Now, here are some other very important things that are taking place here at Fellowship Church. We have another Financial Peace course starting on February 23rd at 6.30 p.m. If you want to check out this course, if you feel like you are just drowning in financial stress or anxiety, this is the perfect course for you to see what God says about your finances and to see what you can do to live in that financial freedom. Sign up in the Church Center app today. Husbands, wives, fiancés, boyfriends, girlfriends that are planning on getting married, just a hint, today is Valentine's Day. If you have not gotten that gift for your special person, you wanna sign up for Renewal and Rescue. This is a great course if you wanna set up your marriage to be successful. It will be on March 5th and 6th. The cost is only $99 per couple or $49.50 for a single. You will get the material that day when you arrive for this amazing course. 
If you missed last week's sermon, you have to go check it out. Pastor Willow and Pastor Dan talked about the importance of getting connected, and Rooted is the perfect place to do that. Our next class will be launching on February 21st, and it will happen at 9 a.m. on Sundays. You'll connect with your group, connect with your leader, talk about all the things that the course has to offer, and then you can attend regular service time at 11 o'clock. If you have gone through a divorce or you find yourself going through a divorce right now, we wanna offer our Divorce Care course. It starts on February 23rd at 6.30 p.m. So sign up in your Church Center app today and we just wanna love on you and walk you through this process. Guys, thank you so much for joining us today. We hope that you enjoy the rest of today's service. our youngest son played his first season of Little League and it was Coach Pitch. And I don't know if you're familiar with Coach Pitch Little League, but the idea here is your own coach gently lobs the ball in your direction across home plate. You then as a young batter are standing there swinging. I think you get like eight swings at this thing. And if you happen to make contact with the ball, you are then to run, skip, spin in circles, pick flowers, but eventually meander towards first base. If you advance to first base, you cannot advance to second at all, no matter how fast you are. Meanwhile, the team in the outfield is supposed to find the ball. It's like Easter. It's a treasure hunt of sorts. Kids running all around. Maybe someone picks up the ball and lobs it within, I don't know, a hundred yards of first base. And maybe someone chases down that ball and throws it back again. And then eventually the coach gets a new ball and pitches to the next batter. And the first week of coach pitch f baseball is really cute for all the moms. We love our kids in their little uniforms and it's really fun but they don't keep score and it lasts the, you know, it's shiny for like a week. And then you just start talking to the other parents and you come every week and let your kid bat. And about three weeks into the season, our seven-year-old son says, mom, I don't get baseball. Like, am I any good at this at all? He has no way of judging his score. And I think if we're not careful, coming to church can feel very similar. Am I any good at this? Am I winning at being a Christian? What is my score at this process? Am I doing this right? Am I closer to Jesus this month than I was last month? Am I kinder or gentler or more patient? Am I keeping control of my temper better than I used to? Like, am I any good at this? But how do you measure something as abstract as spiritual growth? Last week, Pastor Dan explained to us that we're in a brand new series called What's Your Next Step? And the idea is that we wanna have a scoring system to keep track of our own personal growth. Are we growing? And so throughout the church over from now on, you're gonna hear staff and pastors and volunteers asking you this question. 
what step are you on? Or what is your next step? And what they're referring to is this new concept that Pastor Dan introduced last week. And that first step is connect. We want every member of Fellowship Church to grow spiritually by number one, connecting. And if you missed last week's sermon, you can get it on podcast or YouTube or live stream or any other way you can find it and listen to it because you want to learn the details of how this is going to work. But the idea is that we connect to God and we connect to one another. And then the second step is that we grow. We grow in our faith in Christ. The third step is we begin to serve. We begin to serve God in his kingdom and one another. And the fourth step is express. And we begin to express our faith. And we should be able to evaluate and keep score for ourselves of are we growing? Where are we in this growth process? And are we maturing in our relationship with Christ? So this week, my personal assignment is to talk about growth. How do we know if we are growing once we're connected to God, we're connected to his church? How do we grow? And not just grow old, but grow deeply. My grandma is 98 years old, y'all, and she's still alive, in case you're wondering. She's 98 years old, and she is an awesome person. So this year, she turned 98 in the fall. We decided we'd have to have a COVID birthday for her. And so we put grandma in the uh, driveway in a lawn chair when the weather was nice, and we had a car parade for her. And there she is. She got 176 birthday cards for her birthday. The goal was to get 98, but we blew that out of the water. My grandma is deeply loved. She had a fire truck bring her parade down the street and uh, the firefighters got out and all hugged her. I don't know if they were supposed to do that, but we were good with it. And grandma was just so excited. And then they had the classic cars were in this parade. All the cars from the eras of her life, from the car club that is in her hometown came through. So she got to see a lot of really special things and everyone just got to love on her. My grandma is really special and I'm sure your grandma is special to you as well. But one of the most amazing things about Grandma Pat is that she is a lifelong learner. She has an enthusiasm about growth. And so when she was 67 years old, I remember this day very clearly, I was about 12 and we were sitting at the kitchen table and my grandma announced that she had always wanted to be a professional clown. And I thought, I know, I thought to myself, well, grandma, you've had a great life. I mean, you're 67. You haven't run away with the circus yet. I don't know how this is gonna work for you. You've been married. You've raised six beautiful children. Like, I don't know about the clown thing. And then in her next breath, she says, I've done some research and I've learned that there are clown schools and I'm going to go. And so grandma went to clown school. I kid you not. She has a 67-year-old grandmother. She went to clown school. She became a professional clown. Yeah. Y'all, in the 80s, my grandma had a cell phone to get a hold of her booking agent, okay, to book her gigs, and she went around being a clown. That's how much she was like, I'm not too old. I can still learn and grow. Then at age 75, she learned that you could go to college for free at the University of Wisconsin Green Bay where she lived. And so she decided to enroll in college. And the first class she took was learning in retirement. And then she proceeded. So she had an eighth grade education before this. And at 75, she said, I'm not too old to learn. 
I'm not too old to grow. She began taking pottery classes, ceramics classes, creative writing classes. She took art classes. She took a poetry class. She went to college as a great grandmother at 75 years old because of her hunger and her desire to learn. And I remember thinking as a high school kid, my grandma is so hardcore. Like she really gets what it means to continue to grow. And if we're going to grow in life and in our relationship with Christ, we have to have a mindset like my grandma did that growth is possible, that we can grow. And that's the first step to growth is cultivate a mindset that growth is possible. Because some people look at folks and say, that person's too old to grow. But my grandma proves that wrong. And then some people look at folks on the other side of the spectrum and they say to themselves, well, that kid's too young to learn. And maybe you have the myth in your mind that that's the reason we stick all the kids in the back. Um, we just let them be babysat back by there by those nice people in green shirts and red shirts and they just babysit them. But the truth is they're learning deep and real profound spiritual truths. If you have a kid in second through fifth grader, I dare you to ask them to name for you the books of the Bible because they have them almost memorized the entire Old Testament. They can start, they can say Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Numbers, Joshua, Joshua. They can rattle them off almost through the entire New Test Old Testament. Why? Because they are capable of learning and growing and changing. And kids can learn to hear the voice of God as well. Second, or First Timothy chapter 4, the Apostle Paul is speaking. And he kind of gives us this point. He says, don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. Be an example to all the believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, in your faith, and in your purity. So growth is possible. The Bible records the story about the growth of a man named Nicodemus. And it's in the book of John. And Nicodemus was a highly educated man. He was a Pharisee in Jesus' day. He was a member of the Jewish ruling counselor. He was old and he was rich. And ancient scholars believe that Nicodemus was a particularly skilled teacher of the Old Testament. And modern scholars have kind of dubbed him as the Billy Graham of his era. So this was an impressive man spiritually. It was likely that he would have had the entire Old Testament memorized word for word over 1,500 pages. And Nicodemus had every logical reason to sit back and coast and not pursue spiritual growth, but that's not what he did. I mean, imagine himself, he could have thought, I've arrived spiritually. I can buy a condo here on the Sea of Galilee. I can do some deep sea fishing in my retirement and long, slow walks on the beach with the wife of my youth. I can go to buffets at 4 p.m. Like I have arrived in life. Nicodemus could have easily thought this in his own mind. And yet we find that Nicodemus comes to Jesus for the purpose of learning and growing. He's seen Jesus teaching profoundly about God. He's heard him explain God in a beautiful and intimate way that no one else was teaching about God in his generation. He'd seen Jesus do miracles, probably healing of many sick people, maybe the feeding of the 5,000 and something inside Nicodemus as a guy who should have been able to coast decided, no, I have a desire to learn. I have a desire to grow. And so Nicodemus recognize I'm not too old, I'm not too accomplished, I'm not too busy with all my responsibilities as a Pharisee, like I can still grow. And that brings me to this question for each one of us. Are you, like Nicodemus, actively seeking out opportunities to grow? 
Here at Fellowship Church, we have tons of ways that you can grow spiritually. Ways to challenge yourself to become a stronger, more connected Christ follower. Let's look at this video of one family and how they figured out how to grow here at Fellowship. So in 2013, we moved to Grand Junction, my family and I, and we were starting to look for a church home. Um, my daughter through school uh, was invited uh, by a friend to 4640 and started coming to that and was immediately um, just excited to start coming and being connected with church here. And through that, um, my husband and I decided that we better come and check out where she's having so much fun. So we started coming to service and immediately just kind of felt uh, pulled to keep coming and we were enjoying worship a lot um, and the messages and we attended for a couple of years uh, before uh, I had a second invitation to join the choir through our group of friends that we've met uh, through here and through the choir um, I have just been able to find that place that I feel connected with one another and feeling belonging to something greater. We were created for such a community and to be able to join that community and to sharpen one another where we can pray and worship and just grow each other is so important and it's where we can really grow um, as Christians and as um, our personal relationship with Christ. And so that is something that has led to a freedom um, to worship in a different way. And um, it's really just brought out um, such a deeper sense of belonging within the church and feeling ownership over um, coming in and having your faith just explode. Even if you have been invited once before, um, just keep inviting because the people around you that are sitting next to you, um, they're still looking for connection. And so if we just keep inviting each other, um, that's just going to keep growing um, us in new directions and different uh, ways to express our faith and our fellowship with not only God, but one another. So if you're deciding if you want to join a group, you should just do it because it's going to accelerate uh, your relationship with God in a way that you've never experienced. So Nicodemus, he finds himself in this conversation with Jesus and he's asking Jesus questions and Jesus is speaking to him. And in the course of that conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus, Jesus reveals for all generations one of the most profound truths in all of scripture. And it's found in chap John chapter three, verse 16, John three sixteen, the most famous verse in the Bible, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. And guys, this is so critical because if Nicodemus hadn't said, hey, I wanna have a growth mindset. I'm old and I've arrived, but I don't care. I'm gonna keep pursuing God and growth and change. And in that conversation, boom, a revelation for all generations. And that's why it's so critical that we continue to grow. That first step to growth is cultivating a growth, that growth is possible. Cultivating that mindset that growth is possible. And number two, build relationships that spur on growth. 
The Bible records another decision of a young man who knew he needed to grow in his faith. It's found in 1 Samuel chapter 3. And Samuel is a young boy. He's poor and uneducated, the opposite in every way from Nicodemus. And Samuel was a foster son of sorts to an old, corrupt, but educated and intelligent priest named Eli. And scholars believe that Samuel was about eight or 10 years old. Now, most of our eight and 10 year olds are back in kids' church or probably playing on the trampoline while mom and dad are watching from home. But the truth is that many of us might feel like spiritually we're a kid. Like we're at the beginning of our spiritual journey. And when people start talking about God and the Bible and, and quoting it, you're, you might be thinking in your mind, but I'm never gonna get there. I'm so early in my walk with God. This is such a new thing for me. The path to growth at that level is so long before me, so huge and daunting. And I wanna challenge you to continue to grow anyways, because you'll see in this story, Samuel, though he's young, though he doesn't know much, God, God teaches him with kindness and gentleness. And God reveals something to him that's life-changing and earth-shattering for his entire generation. He doesn't say, oh, I'm gonna find someone that's further along in their growth track. I'm gonna find someone that's more mature spiritually to speak to. He is willing, God is willing to speak to any of us as long as we have a heart to grow and desire to learn. And so the Bible tells us that Samuel is lying in bed at night and he's just a few feet away from the bedroom where Eli, the priest, is sleeping and he hears someone call to him, Samuel, Samuel. And so the kid leaps up out of bed and he runs into Eli's room and he says, here I am. Well, Eli pretty much thinks what I think in the middle of the night when my kids wake me up is, now what do you want and why are you out of your bed? Because nobody wants to be woken up into the night. And so he sends Samuel back to bed, says, I didn't call you, stop making up excuses, go back to sleep. And this happens three times between, three times between the rookie Samuel who doesn't know much spiritually yet and the veteran Eli who's incredibly educated but his heart is corrupt. Back and forth they go and the third time Samuel comes, leaps out of bed again, runs to Eli, says, somebody called me, what do you want? And Eli says, it wasn't me. That's when it dawns on Eli that God is speaking to Samuel. So picking up the story in verse eight, it says, then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. He said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls to you again, say, speak Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed and the Lord came and called us before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, I am about to do a shocking thing in Israel. And so God revealed to him this precious information that no one in his entire nation knew. But Samuel knew that God, something was trying to stir, something was trying to grow, something was trying to change inside of him. But in and of himself, independently, Samuel did not know how to grow through that. He needed relationship. He needed someone to come alongside of him and process what God was doing in his life. He couldn't do it on his own. He needed someone to unpack it. He needed someone else's perspective to help him see what was going on. Now, what relationships do you have in your life that help you grow spiritually? 
What relationships do you have in your life that will help you grow spiritually? Because so many times we can fall into a trap. The trap is that we think that we don't need other people to grow spiritually, that we can just spend time with God and we'll be fine, that we can just worship on our own and it's the same as if we came to church or worshiped online together corporately. We can fall into that myth that we don't need other people. It's just us and just God. And you can grow spiritually, of course, in a, by yourself up to a certain point. But you will hit a wall where you cannot break through unless you are in a relationship with someone else where you can learn and grow by bouncing things off of that other person. God made spiritual growth dual. There's a tension in spiritual growth. It's like us with God and people. It's us worshiping God and letting God speak to us and show us who he really is. And then us taking that revelation to a group of people that we know or we're in a relationship with and processing it and trying to explain it. And in the process of explaining it to them, we understand it even better. It's spending time with God and letting the Holy Spirit show us where he wants us to change. And then coming over to someone we're in relationship with and saying, how do, I, how do I change this practically? This is what God spoke to me. Now, how do I actually do that in my life. There's this tension between us receiving from God and us processing in relationship. And friends, both are required for true spiritual growth. God designed spiritual growth to be a dual process with us and him and then us and others. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 really drive this home. It says, and let us consider this word consider means strategize, think deeply, plan. Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. The day here is the return of Christ. So we're supposed to be encouraging one another, but I love the language in this verse that says, spur one another on, spur one another on. And I get this image of like an old sheriff riding on his horse, right? And off in the distance ahead of him, and you can just see the cloud of dust is the bank robber. And the bank robber is getting away with all the money in the town and you've got the sheriff and he's on the horse and he's lagging behind and he's got to figure out how am I going to catch up to this bank Bank robber. And so what he does is he uses the spur on his boot, right? And he spurs the horse and the horse leaps forward and starts running faster. It like levels up and is able to chase down the bank robber. The, you have to be spurred on. But spurs aren't flowers. They're not gentle little things. They're sharp pieces of metal. It's a kind of uncomfortable, it's a, it's a hard reality. And, and sometimes to grow spiritually, we have to be spurred on. We, ha we have to be confronted in ourselves with a hard truth that pursues and pushes us towards that growth. If, if all we're ever confronted with is things that we agree with, then we're gonna stay at that same level. But the cowboy spurs on the horse and we are called in Hebrews 10 to spur on growth in one another. And so there should be, I hope, people in your life that have the right to spur you on. Nobody wants to be spurred out of the blue by a stranger at Walmart. Nobody wants somebody to come and, and confront them and argue with them about how your kid's behaving in the grocery store. But there should be people in your life that you have given the right to, to spur you on in your faith. There should be someone in your life who has the right. And that's the question I wanna ask is who can tell you 
Who can tell you if you are in a pattern of speaking too harshly to your children? Who's that person? Who's the person that can say to you, you're not being present with your wife? Who's the person that can look you in the eye with love and speak a harsh truth that you need to hear like you've become very selfish with how you spend your time and money and something's gotta give? Who is that person? Because Proverbs 27 lets us know that wounds from a friend's can be trusted. And if you can't name that person or that group of people in your heart, then you might be missing a key ingredient to your spiritual growth. If you can't name that person that you've given that right to, then chances are that person does not exist for you. And I wanna challenge you to up that and fix that and figure out how am I gonna get someone in my life who I know loves me unconditionally, who I can trust, that is allowed to spur me on towards love and good deeds, to spur me on and confront me with the truth. And it can't just be anyone, but we have to develop those relationships. They don't happen overnight, of course, and they have to be built. And the vehicle we have to build those relationships here at Fellowship is called our Life Group Program. Our Life Group Programs, you get to be in a group and you get to build trust. And over time, you get to decide if that's the type of person or that individual in your group is the person that's going to be able to spur you on. But let's take a look at a family from our church and how they find, found those relationships in a life group how our group got together. It's been approximately, I think, close to three years now. Our life group is a, a couples that we're friends with, so, and that's how sh she's got into it also. I mean, I don't know. There's something different about how your girlfriends and, I mean, they're not even like my girlfriends. They're my family. They're my sisters. Fill me up. With this life group and my, my brothers, is that's what it's for, is I can go to them and talk about guy stuff. What I would say a life group is, um, is, is what, it's, what it's meaning is doing life together. Uh, a life group, doing life together or experience life together. Like I said, we're, we're not meant to do this alone. Like there's battles every day and a life group is all about growth also. We have uh, resources through the church app. Um, we, we have, uh, you know, if it's a video or a reading or something, we have all that curriculum right there. We meet, we talk about it. There's some days too where we uh, we meet and you know one of us needs to just talk. You know, somebody just needs to vent, or somebody has a problem that you know they need help with. To me, they are like my family. Whenever I need them, if it's late at night, early in the morning, again about something silly and small or something big, they are my family that I could count on no matter what. You gather with a couple, two couples, um, and have God right there in the center of things. It's so easy to start with just meeting, uh, just meet with one another, set a time, a date, meet, discuss things, and then from there you can start with resources. Even if you don't have um, two to three couples that you know that you want to start just by um, taking that leap and have faith in the fact that God will put you where you need to be and with the right people and you will not be disappointed that you did. It's not just for younger couples, it's for every, every, everybody. It's all stages of life that a life group is for, you know? Everybody needs a life group. I'm 
Center this morning, you'll go out into the lobby and you'll see a whole bunch of tables on the west side of the lobby. And when you see those tables, they're going to have life group leaders, they're going to have teachers, ministry leaders over different classes that we offer here at the church. There's going to be a whole group of people that's there for the sole purpose of helping you figure out what do you need, what's your next step? How do you need to step forward towards growth in your life? And if you've been in the church for a long time, you might think, well, I've kind of already done everything you have to offer, um, that is a false rumor. And you should check out the table anyways, and you should try something that you haven't tried before. We have out there, we have a divorce care group, we have men's groups, we have women's groups, we have young moms groups, we have moms of teens groups, we have um, online options for those of you who prefer online right now, we have online courses and online book studies, we have activity groups. If you're sitting here going, you know what, I'm not ready for that big of a step to like sit around and talk about the Bible with other people, whoa, that's too deep for me. You can ride your mountain bike with other people and just build friendships. But there is a way and a step for growth for every single person in the worship center today. And we wanna challenge you to take advantage of that opportunity. If you don't have time this morning as you're departing, you can always sign up for any of this stuff on your Church Center app. You can go to groups or events and it's all listed there as well. So you can talk about it as a couple or a family and figure out the kid dynamic, but sign up for a way to grow. Because if we're gonna continue and we're gonna be keeping score, not of each other, but of ourselves and evaluating, am I closer to Jesus now than I was last year? then we need a plan to make sure that that growth is occurring. Let me pray with you before we dismiss. God, you're awesome. And we do want to grow. We want to grow closer to you. We don't want to be stuck in a rut and, and always at the same spot in our relationship. But every week, every month, every year, we want to be able to see that we have become more like who you are. And God, we pray that as we go out into the lobby, as we sign up for things on our Church Center app or in person here, that you would guide us towards the right group and that we would actually end up being spurred on by the right people in our lives. And God, that you would guide us to them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, church family, we love you and we'll see you next Sunday morning. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you've not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me, with me. You can repeat after me, Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life, and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, or if you need prayer, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us here at the church at 970 245 pray or at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. If this is your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, 
please click the first time link located in the description below the video. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week for our online services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m.